This is the Inspire Leadership Podcast, featuring my interview with Julius Hunter, Senior Management Analyst for the City of San Antonio and Psychological Capital Expert. Welcome to the Inspire Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Sandoval. In today's conversation with Julius Hunter, we look at the dimensions of psychological capital, hope, optimism, resiliency, and efficacy, and how these apply to our personal lives and when leading others. I'm sure this conversation with Julius will inspire a new approach to guiding others. So let's get to it. Welcome, Julius. It's really nice having you with us today. For sure, definitely. I'm glad to have the opportunity to uh, to be uh, here with you and uh to be able to speak on the podcast, um, definitely about a subject that I'm really passionate about. So really glad to be here. Yeah, this this is fantastic. So I've I'm super curious to be very honest, and uh, I tried to do a little bit of research on on the concept. This is the, we're talking about psych, uh, psychological capital, and uh, it, it just it sounds fascinating, and uh, and uh, you know I'd love to to really learn more about it, but. You know, before we get started, I guess uh, even to our listeners, uh, they might want to know a little bit more about you. You know, where, what are you doing now and what got you interested in this topic? Uh, would you mind sharing a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so two fronts on that. So in, in terms of professionally, uh, I work for the city of San Antonio with our health department um, in diabetes uh, prevention and control. And uh, it's all about helping our community to be healthier, stronger physically and mentally, we have a holistic approach. Uh, so we don't just talk about uh, fitness and nutrition. That is a big part of it. We also talk about the other contributing factors that that weigh in our health. Um, and this kind of really ties into where we're going with our conversation. But, uh, you know, it's a holistic approach looking at, you know, how, what around me in my environment is affecting my health or affecting my opportunities to get better health. And how do I deal with that? So uh, that's what I do in terms of work. I'm also a PhD candidate, um, finishing up my uh, my doctoral work uh, in leadership studies at Our Lady of the Lake University. So I hope to be finished with that in the fall of 2021. And uh, and I'll be Dr. Hunter. Oh, my goodness. I mean, well, I mean, both of us know how hard that is. I mean, my my. Um... <laughs> My PhD, when I finished it, man, I was so grateful it was over. It's extremely <laughs> grueling. I mean, uh, hats off to you. I mean, be, having gone through that route before and knowing what it takes, you know, hats off to you. And and is this, I mean, uh, did you get interested in the topic because of uh, the work that you're doing on your dissertation or is this aside from that or is this a, a passion that you had before that? Right. So it was a passion that I had before that. I've always been interested in uh, I've always been interested in leadership. I've always been interested in uh, the contributing factors to what makes a great leader. Um, and that uh, psychological capital piece uh, factors into that. But as something that I've always it's always intrigued me. I've always been a person that uh, throughout my life have looked at uh, great leaders um, I love presidential biographies, so I'm, you know, big junkie and, uh, you know, reading about Lincoln and, and Roosevelt and uh, seeing how, you know, what made them tick and how they led. And so just interested in the topic, of, uh, not just in leadership, but what makes a great leader, how, what are the things that they are able to put into their lives 
that can make them excel in leadership. So, yeah, I, I mean, I can't even give you a time. I don't want to say, you know, it wasn't like when I, you know, I wasn't in diapers when I when, when I thought about leadership, but uh, it, it's pretty much been all of my life that I that I that I looked and I've observed and say, you know, there's something about leadership that that really interests me um, and that I want to get better at for myself personally, and that I want to help other people get better at. So this concept of psychological capital, it seems obvious if I think about it, I guess the capital or our ability psychologically to control ourselves, but could you help me better define it? Uh, what, what is psychological capital? For sure. And I'm going to back up a bit. Um, and there's a piece in there that I don't know why, why you know, colloquially we have uh, kind of dropped, but I think it's very important to the whole concept of psychological capital. So psychological capital really came out of positive psychology. There was this whole movement uh, in the 2000s, kind of starting into the 1990s of, you know, positive psych psychology. And that was to counter, um, you know, it was with negative psychology to counter the, the stigma that there was uh, in talking about and really focusing in on mental health. So usually, even to now to this day in society, when we say mental health, what do you usually think of? You usually think of depression, anxiety, uh, you know, bipolar, the three big uh, mental health diagnoses that there are. You also think about even some more serious things as far as, uh, you know, um, psychosis and, uh, you know, uh, you know, Charles Manson, you think of, you know, different movies, Silence of the Lambs, all those things we think about when we think of mental health. So it doesn't have any kind of positive connotation. And so there was a movement to say, you know what, instead of just intervening when we see these negative things into a person's mental health, why don't we focus on positive psychology and really focus on some positive things that people have in their mental capacities. And so that's how it, it began. And then it moved on to, as far as an individual, positive psychological capital. So I said, we, we really dropped that word off positive, but it's really key to the whole concept of psychological capital, because we're talking about building positive attributes and counteracting what's thought of as a negative, usually uh, when we talk about mental health. So positive psychological capital, um, you know, the words is there positive psychological. Obviously, you know we're dealing with the mind. Um, we're dealing with you know the thoughts that you have in your mind, how those thoughts play out throughout your day. So um, it's very much into you know what am I thinking and how does that thinking control how I'm acting and how I'm treating others. Uh, and then you have that word capital. And I love the I love that they use that word capital because. Capital connotation, you know, we have human capital, we have monetary capital, we have social capital. Um, capital connotates that this is something that I can possess. This is something that's valuable. This is something that I can build over time. This is something that also, unfortunately, can decrease if I don't handle it right. So I love that the fact that they use that word capital there. Because it is speaking to the fact that these attributes that are, are part of psychological capital, therefore, and I'm going to say them in a minute, these attributes are something that you can build. So if you don't have them right now, you're able to build them for the future so you can use them when you when they're needed. So and also key in that word capital is it's something that you can use, right? It's not something that's, uh, you know, it's trying to make something that we think of 
as untangible uh, and put it into the realm of something that's tangible. It's something that I can use and I possess. And if I need this certain attribute, here I got it. I can use it. You know um, that that's uh, that, that's very interesting because when when we look at uh, leadership theories, we're always always thinking about descriptive and prescriptive uh, theories, right? right? How how to understand what we have, and then also you know when when we're looking at identifying leaders, you know what what do do leaders bring to the table? What do they have? So you're saying that in one way or another, we can actually. Uh, assess the psychological capital of a leader but what i'm also hearing from you is that once we assess that we can also build on that psychological capital am i, am I understanding that right yes you're understanding very very correct so and also to that point you know again when we talk about leadership when we talk about personality when we talk about even psychology a lot of time we are focused on the descriptive aspect of that and not necessarily a prescriptive or what you can do right um and so there is this idea going back to why i got into this why i love psychological capital is you know i wasn't satisfied with simply us doing an analysis of somebody and saying okay this is your leadership style that's it and it sort of puts people in a box because it's it's sort of saying it's implying that well this is my leadership style it'll always be my leadership style if i wanted if i like this certain attribute over here well i just wasn't born that way right or i, I just that's i it's not something that i should look to attain whereas this is saying hey you can build capital this is for you no matter who you are, you can build these things into your life to use to be effective in your leadership. And so I love that, that aspect of it. So, so let's talk about, um, there's four dimensions to psychological capital. Did I did I did write that right? Correct. There's four dimensions to psychological. Sort of first dimension, uh, we use the acronym HERO. First dimension is HOPE. Um, and that's talking about, you know, uh, it's pretty self-explanatory, but, you know, you have that hope for the future. You have that hope that things will get better. Um, you're able to look forward and look ahead and see something on the horizon that things can get better than what they are right now today. Uh, the second uh, part of that is E for efficacy. Now, most people kind of get tripped up on that word, but another word for that is self-efficacy is, is confidence. So you have confidence in yourself, in your abilities. You have confidence in uh, another part of that is security and confidence in where you are, in your environment, in who you are. All of that, uh, uh, all of that consists of confidence. There, um, the third word there is resilience or resiliency. So you have a belief that no matter what happens, no matter what things happen in my life that may get me off stride, that may come unexpectedly, I have the ability to bounce back. Uh, the definition of resiliency there that they use, uh, the authors there use Harms and Luthens is to bounce back. So, you know, whatever, if in, whether it be, you know, a mosquito bite or if it be a pandemic, I can bounce back and I can continue on in my life. The last word there is uh, O for optimism. So, you know, the glass is half full and not half empty. So when I approach a situation, I'm not just looking at, 
all of the negative aspects of that situation, but I am seeking out the positive and I'm, I am portraying optimism with whatever the current situation is uh, that I find myself in. So those are the four aspects of it. And again, those things can be built over time. And then also, unfortunately, those things, there are things in your life that can affect it, that those things can decrease over time. So, so they are, you know, it's, it's very interesting and, and it, it's, it's getting me to think about it. I mean, because it, it is, so let's take hope as an example, right? Uh, there's a lot of people that are, are always very hopeful, very optimistic, and, and sometimes you admire them and sometimes you hate them, right? <laughs> like, right. wow, why, why so much optimism? Come on, cool it down, right? right. But, um, but I, I, can, I can see how one can develop an attribute like self-awareness, right? Because looking at emotional intelligence, last week we had Terry Barnhart here talking about emotional intelligence and, and something like self-awareness, well, if you make me aware or if you help me become aware of my behaviors, I can increase my self-awareness. I'm just trying to think, well, I know that I can increase my, my levels of hope. I can be hopeful, but if I keep on getting disappointed, then how can I increase my levels of hope? What what is how does that work? How can one really work on on elements like hope and efficacy and and all of these other attributes? Uh, how can one build on it? I, I'm just very curious on that. Right. I think there are several practical ways that you can build on building that hope that that um, especially hope and optimism uh, and the confidence. Uh, mindfulness is a great tool. Um, you talk about self-awareness when you're mindful you you know you become very self-aware but also you know that guided mindfulness can lead you to not see you so you're seeing all aspects you know we do live in a world as far as uh in terms of media uh that we're bombarded with negative images imagine if i took those negative images out of my head and bombarded myself with positive things then naturally i would be and become a more host, hopeful person um, yes. So you were saying a lot how, you know, people are, what if I'm trying to be hopeful, but I'm bombarded with disappointments and it's a matter of, and I'm not, I'm not trying to trivialize it. Sometimes that's, that's harder said than done. Right. But the point is that I'm allowing things, positive things to come into my life, whether it be through mindfulness, whether it be through listening to podcasts such as yours on leadership that naturally bring positive aspects of life and bring hopeful aspects of life. So it's it's about what you're listening to, what you're reading, what you're doing with your time, practicing self-care. All those things contribute to building that hopeful environment in your life because you're not so you're not you're making sure that you're not surrounded 24/7 with the disappointment, right? Uh, you know, it, you know you bring an excellent point. I, I was just uh, thinking about it as I, I was hearing you speak because this last week um I, I suddenly started watching this Netflix show and I got hooked on it. It's called The Partnership. And it's a very dark, uh, <laughs> a very dark series that talks about this startup. And but it's it's very negative on, on the outlooks. And I saw myself through the week kind of being a little bit like aggravated and maybe annoyed and, and sometimes even uh, skeptical about the future of our financial markets and, mm -hmm. and, and businesses in general. So I, I intentionally decided that this week I was going to be focusing more on watching more positive shows uh, while I'm running. I, I, I watch a lot of shows when, when I'm on the treadmill. So I said, I, I really need to work on this. And, and you're absolutely right. I, 
I didn't know I was working on my hope, my optimism in, in, in this case, but you're absolutely right. Adding the positives, right? Uh, thinking, reading scriptures uh, or or right. motivation or, or things, being aware of what triggers us and, and also adding the positive sides of life and, and enjoying family could really increase that hope and optimism. Uh, that, that's what I'm getting from it, correct? Yes, exactly. I actually have a funny story that's really similar to that one. Uh, this was uh, some years ago, but I uh, one of my things I, I really love uh, when people ask me, you know, what's your favorite type of movie? And they're really surprised because I say romantic comedies. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I don't forget what the movie was, but it just come out and we went to the theater to see this romantic uh, comedy. And uh, unlike most romantic comedies, this one had a, a negative ending. So, uh, you know, the guy didn't get the girl. It, it just ended. Uh, I think they were setting it up for a sequel. But so anyway, I go home and uh, it was a great movie. I go home. Um, I'm there in my bed at night and I'm sitting there thinking and I'm just thinking about my life and I begin to cry and I'm like, I just don't understand why love hasn't gone right. And, and I'm, I'm sitting there like literally like crying and everything like that uh, for a good, you know, five, 10 minutes. And then I stop and I think to myself, why am I, this is, why am I feeling this way? This is, this is so out of nowhere. Like, and, uh, it comes to me, oh, the movie, you know, and I just watched that movie. And of course he didn't, the guy didn't get the girl and all that that happened. And I was like, that's why I'm, you know, sitting here crying and saying, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to, you know, have satisfaction in life. And, and so we don't realize how many times those things that we allow, those outside influences, uh, we allow to speak into our lives, speak into our mind and then diminish our psychological capital, because we're talking about that, you know, you're either building it or you're diminishing it. So you're either building it right by having those positive influences, uh, by being intentional in, 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 in putting those that mindfulness in your life and reading those scriptures or or, you know, whatever words that that make you, uh, you know, be reflective and and look more, look, be more optimistic and hopeful or you're using that capital or something outside is diminishing that capital. So yeah, it's really, it's really a choice uh, that you make and you have to be intentional in building that in your life. You know, and when we're looking at resiliency and efficacy, because we just talked about optimism and hope. And when we're looking at resiliency and efficacy, this must come from putting ourselves in situations that little by little, uh, increase our levels of confidence in 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 our ability to do things. I'm assuming that that it uh, it involves practice and and also reflection and improvement. Is that uh, what goes in line with the theory? How, how do you work on resiliency and effect, uh, efficacy? Right. So some of building even resilience and, and, and efficacy to confidence is dealing with the mindfulness. But something interesting, so my, my research is focusing on uh, links between physical health and psychological capital. And some of the uh, interesting things that research has found is that there is a relationship between fitness, you know, working out and building resilience. Um, and so, you know, the idea there that, uh, you know, when you're when you're in fitness, you are, you know, pushing through a 
physical challenge, right? So in that sense, you are busy, you're being physically resilient. That you know the mind uh, that it translates over um, to your mind, uh, and your mind's able to apply that to even psychological challenges. Um, so there is that relationship there. On you know, so it's not just about um, maybe you going and purposely putting yourself through a psychological challenge, right? Obviously, you're going to learn through the psychological challenges you have. But I think there, there's the physical aspect that helps you um, improve that resilience. There's also, you're going to look at others, you know, being around other people that have uh, pushed through challenges that you can watch as an example and say, I can do it because that person can do it. Um, that also is, can help you build that resilience in your life. Um, and then, and, and then also in terms of confidence, you know, um, it also has a a link to, um, you know, what you're doing in terms what you're doing um, in your daily routine to build confidence in your life. So, you know, if you're if you're confident at work, you're you're dressed nice, you feel confident in your clothes, you feel confident in the way you look, um, you're prepared, you're organized, all those things help you to build confidence, right? All those things, having your schedule in place, having, you know, everything in order, all those things help to build confidence in your life and then, you know, can relate to what's going on in your mind and helping you build that psychological confidence in that capital there. You know, that I relate so much with that. And uh, I guess it comes from the sports. Uh, I've, uh, I've done triathlons, right? And and uh, I've I've always tried to push the limit. And in my case, it was trying to accomplish this uh, 140.6, this Ironman event. But but yes, after going through the the training and going through through these events that require anything from tw uh, 10 to sometimes 17 hours out there, right. pushing yourself to the limits, it really makes you look at the world and say, well, like the, the Ironman uh, theme, you know, and, you know, anything is possible, right? You, yeah. you think I can overcome that. Um, going through the PhD for me was also another test of resiliency. And I'm sure it's, it's, it's the same thing for you. If we're able to, to tackle this, you know, what other, uh, you know, mental challenge can we get? We, we can definitely overcome it. But I'm also thinking that, that, while, while I can hear you and I can say, well, definitely there's a relationship with uh, uh, your, uh, your fitness level or, or your, your physical activity and a psychological capital. I'm also thinking that, you know, there's these people that start these little businesses and then they grow and they develop a business. They build some sort of resiliency as well. And knowing that they can build businesses, right? Is right. is it? Uh, are you finding other links aside from uh, physical fitness, or or I, I'm assuming your your research is very specific to physical fitness? But have you heard about any other links that might be to physical capital? So you're right. My my research is very specific to physical fitness. Um, I will say that I I recently came across um, an article that I was sharing uh, for purposes at work. Uh, to the group at work. And uh, it was of a, a coach, a uh, fitness coach, and I think she's also a life coach. Uh, she's a PhD, and she wrote an article, uh, a TED Talk article. Uh, but she was speaking about habits and routines, and she was talking about 
how you build, um, basically she was talking about building capital. She didn't use that exact word, but how you build those those capitals in your life, whether it be a certain habit, whether it be a certain uh, ideal, um, that it's those little wins that begin to build those things in your life. And actually you're building the neural pathways in your brain by the, taking those little steps. So a lot of times we think that it has to be, when we talk about these words, right? They're so, they're so overwhelming, hope, right? Optimism, resilience, uh, confidence, right? We think about those are so like monumental words, right? But, you know, when you just go outside, maybe maybe you weren't, you know, particularly hopeful about a certain situation. When you just take that first step that's in contrary to what you may feel, that that first step is actually building something and is worth something. That first step is actually, so let's say I, you know, I'm not feeling confident, like let's say today, right? The, the weather was all over the place, right? I'm not feeling confident that I go outside you know, that can go outside because it may be raining, it may not. But when you just take that step of, okay, well, I'm going to go walk to the door and turn the knob. And I know this is kind of like a, it's just an example, analogy, right? I go up, I walk to the door, I turn the knob. Well, right there, you're already building hope. You've already gotten out of the bed. You've already walked to the door. So you've already done that much. And so it might seem like a little thing, but you're showing yourself that, hey, you know what? I can do it. I can take that step. And maybe my next step is just to open the door, open a little crack. Maybe I don't, and I can just peek outside. Maybe I'm not going to go fully outside, but I can just peek. That's, again, another little step that's building something in your brain that says, hey, I can, I can get out of bed. I can walk to the door. I can open it with a crack and still be hopeful or it, nothing's going to happen. So what I'm trying to say is that, you know, like you're saying, it could be starting a business. Um, it could be something as big as that, finishing a PhD. I, we were talking about really big things, but it could be something that maybe I didn't finish it. You know, maybe it's not a PhD, but I finished a, a, an important paper that I, I needed to do. Um, and I was kind of discouraged about it, but I, you know, I got up and said, I'm going to do it. And I finished it. Every time you do those little things, you're building capital into your life. That, that must come... Uh... You know, it, it, it's as we look at, at um, leadership and the generations to come, you know, we, how we can build leaders in the generations to come. Uh, empowerment comes to mind and, and now definitely psychological capital. So let's take this to the application, right? I, I, can, I can probably uh, see uh, some of our listeners just thinking about, all right, how, how, do, we, how do we bring this home, right? The, the, little, the little steps, the little... Uh, the little wins that you're calling, I, I can see how I can definitely apply this. Can, how can we use this to empower our teams? How can we use this to, to even prepare our kids and these new generations of leaders that are coming up? How, how do you think that we can, we can actually start using this? Right. I'll give an example uh, and a real life example of uh, a, uh, something I'm experiencing at work and just motivating someone to do a task that they either currently didn't have a whole lot of confidence in doing. And so it, I began to step back and say, okay, what are those little steps? Okay, maybe the, the full task seems so overwhelming, right? Uh, but what are those little steps? We kind of use a, a recipe as an analogy. So instead of saying, hey, I need you to make cookies. 
you know, of course, the person's like, I've never made cookies. Maybe I'm scared of cookies. I don't know how to, you know, what is what how do I get where do I get the chocolate chips? I all of that, right? Instead of saying that, going to the recipe and say, okay, I just need you to go get the 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 one cup measure for me out of the drawer. And so building uh building this capital and teaching others how to build capital does take a little bit of stepping back time holding hands a little bit to say hey let me break it down for you to to so you can see the little steps you need to take so you can get to where you're going and once they've achieved that task then and it becomes uh, like second nature to them then they'll have they'll will build that confidence um and they'll they'll then you know what we're learning in terms of research is that the brain is able to, once those pathways are built, the brain is able to apply that to other challenges in life. Um, so it's, you know, the, the application is that we need to be sure to teach people how to break things down and to be able to apply uh, those things. And, and we might need to go step by step with them and help them so that they can see the full picture and then have that confidence that maybe the thing that they're fearing isn't so big and scary as they perceive it to be. Um, like I said, it's also you giving that motivation, say you can do it. You can, you can be confident. You can be hopeful. You can be optimistic with this. I know you can bounce back. Even if you make a mistake, it's all right. Mistakes are okay. We'll just, we'll just uh, push on and continue forward. You know, it takes, uh, takes a big leader to to see you know to put themselves in that situation i i've i've seen so many cases where uh people and companies hire uh you know these team members to to come and try to solve problems but they're not willing to to come down and help them develop the skills that they need and uh right. and, and take a step back and uh, you know you're 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 honing in on something uh, extremely interesting because when when we hire someone, we hire them because of the skills and the knowledges and the knowledge that they bring, right? right? And they might have experience in certain areas, but when we put them in 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 certain jobs or certain positions that maybe get them out of their comfort zone, we just assume that they're ready to do the job. And and here, what what I'm learning from you is 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 taking a step back and saying maybe it's not that this person is lacking the skills and knowledge, but maybe feeling, uh, maybe the, the psychological capital, uh, feeling that they're gonna be able to apply those skills and knowledge in this specific situation. And how can we empower them? How can we inspire them to, to take on that plunge, to use the knowledge that they have, the skills that they have in this specific task and, and build on that confidence to, to develop uh, these leaders? Right. You know, one of the one of the relationships that has been studied is, is employee engagement uh, and psychological capital. And there is a relationship there between, you know, as employee engagement increases, uh, psychological capital, uh, you know, employee engagement is higher. Psychological capital is higher. Um, and so uh, and then when supervisor engagement uh, is higher, psychological capital is higher. So there is that relationship when you're, you're there and you're getting involved and you're saying, hey, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm, I'm supporting you. And they know that you're supporting them. Then they're able to get more involved and that they're able to build that, that capital, that confidence, that hope, that optimism and resilience uh, so that they can do their job more effectively. 
Well, this has been very interesting, and uh, you really gave me a lot to to chew on here. I'm actually going through a, a similar situation where I I brought in a person who has the skills and the knowledge, who has the motivation, and uh, I'm thinking that there's some work that I could definitely be uh, helping him uh, in developing the, that confidence uh, that. Uh, that, that sense of uh, efficacy that that this person needs. Wow, this has been very enlightening. So, Julius, uh, when is uh, when are you going to be publishing this paper? I'm I'm so interested in reading. That is uh, <laughs> now you're going to give me confidence and hope on that. Um, <laughs> the, the the goal is uh, by fall of 2021 um, to be able to finish. Uh, so, uh, you know, the pandemic obviously gave all of us a interesting challenge, right? An unexpected challenge. So it was still working through that. And uh, so hopefully we'll be doing some research in late summer um, and then uh, continue to work in the fall. And the goal is in the, you know, towards the end of the fall. Well, you know what? I, I don't think this is going to be the last time that we're going to be uh, speaking. I definitely would like to see if we could have you back once uh, your research is done. And so maybe you can share a little bit of of what you've learned through that. Uh, this has been an amazing and very enlightening conversation. I think a lot of people are gonna be really uh, enjoying, you know, uh, listening on on uh, on their journey to becoming a better leader. Uh, give us one tip, I mean, from everything that you've, uh, that you've uh, gathered so far. What, how, how, what, where would we start? If someone wanted to start increasing their psychological uh, capital, where would they start? Where the wow, that's it. So I would say, you know, going back and listening and really thinking about what those four aspects of psychological capital are, um, and really doing a, a, a test, um, or a, a, just a, you know, a mental checklist on, okay, where, what are the areas that I excel in and what are the areas that I really need help in? I think that's the where, that's the first place you're going to start is, being self-aware of, you know, it's kind of like making a budget or seeing what's in your account. So, you know, the first step is to really go to the bank and say, hey, um, do I have $2 in my account or do I have $200,000 in my account? That makes a difference, right, to what I can spend uh, or to what I can invest in. So the same here with capital. You really need to know where you're starting from. You know, some of us are more hopeful than others. Some of us are more optimistic, you know, et cetera. Um, some of us use more of those cap those items uh, on a daily basis than others. Um, and so really assessing where you're at at this current moment uh, will help you in terms of knowing plotting a, a uh, plotting a course to uh, where you need to go, um, knowing how what you need to grow in um, and what are your exact specific needs, uh, what your exact specific needs are personally. Well, Definitely. That's uh, that's my my checklist. Uh, now I'm going to start working on that. Well, Julius, I mean, again, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. I wish you the best in in completing your your uh, your research and your PhD. And let's make sure that we catch up once you've um, once you finished. I, I would love to get you back and and get and tell us a little bit more of what you learned through your your research. For sure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Like I said, it's a 
conversation uh, and a topic that I'm really passionate about. And so I always love to talk about uh, leadership and uh, positive psychological capital um, because we want to see more people engaged and growing because um, that's how we build a healthier world, healthier workplaces and healthy environments. So I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to speak. Thank you, Julius. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation with Julius Hunter and would like to learn more about psychological capital, visit inspireleadership.com where you will find free resources to get you started. Inspire Leadership is a leadership development organization that uses behavioral science to turn your leadership potential into performance. So if you would like to become a better leader overall, check out inspireleadership.com. Thanks again. And let's start turning potential into performance. <laughs>